troubles. Well, we'll just see because I do feel like you move things a lot on me and I don't know where you put them. Okay, you need to put the microphone near your mouth. Yeah, okay. Well, I just don't know. It's like sometimes you like to move things when I buy them and Mm -hmm. um, the thing is that's understandable if you want to move things into their place. Like everything in the house has a place to be and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But you've got to share it with me so I know where it is. Because sometimes I'll go and like I'll look for like the hydrolytes or ibuprofen or something like that and you're like, I've put it here. This is its place. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, but your place for everything is the floor. So, Well, it's it's, um, Jimmy here on the mic. This is one of the great things of marrying someone who's riddled with ADHD is that... For six days of the week, everything, it's, everything's place is the floor and then there's four hours of manic cleaning and then everything is in its place Yeah. and then the next day it's all yeah. back on the floor again. Well, it's either, there's two places, floor, kitchen counter. <laughs> yeah, that drives... Floor or kitchen counter. I don't know which one drives me more wild. Mm, wild, huh? Wild. Yeah. Drives me wild when you leave your glasses wherever you want to. Because I need to know where they are at all times. Anyway, but yeah, you I have a habit of moving things. I as well, to be fair. Yeah, I just need to know where things, like, because I remember where I put things. And it might be, you know, um, like a weird place where third drawer in my bedroom or, you know, in the spare bedroom or in some weird place. But I'll remember where it is. Always. For the most part, it's more like I'm just anal and I want things my way because I'm a giant baby and I want things my way. But then there are times, like the other day where I had a job interview and I spent literally 15 minutes looking for my keys Mm. and they were underneath your giant handbag. Oh. (laughs) But I always put my handbag at the, like the entry to the house has a table I always put it in the same place. It doesn't matter. Like, the yeah, size I of your always... handbag, it could just... It's like a black hole. It just <laughs> envelops everything. Yeah, but I always put my bag there. So, why would you put your keys in a place where the home why, for my bag is listener, there? Listener, why would I put my keys on the hallway stand? We have, like, a, a standing table in the hallway that is yeah. literally a meter and a half from the front door. Yeah. Ask yourself... This is what Kelly's asking me. Mm. Why would you put your keys on the hallway standing no, table? No, that's not what I said. That's that's not that what I said. That is exactly Listen. what you just said. No, it's a no, no. It's it's the opposite of what I said. <laughs> what I said. Listen to me. What I said was that. Okay, so use like it's a long table, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. That table has a plethora of surface area. Yeah. There is one particular part of the surface area. Where I always put my bag. I don't mm-hmm. put it anywhere else. Mm. I always put it at the part of the table that's closest to the door. Yeah. And yeah. then there's like it's a bowl fault. of dog stuff. Sure. And then there's a bowl of dog stuff. And then on the other side, there's like, I don't know, your like mittens or like a bat. Like there's a whole big space there. You put your stuff there because your stuff always is there. Glasses, case, wallet, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. So uh-huh. why would you put your keys in the space allocated for my bag and not... In the space that's allocated for your shit. I just comprende? maybe you might have seen my keys. And no. Like, I'll just move those. No, so he because knows I anticipate things to be where they're supposed to be. So why don't you just put your keys where they're supposed to be on your side? Why don't you just get fucked? <laughs> <laughs> but like, but your, your reasoning of like, oh, uh, I just thought, yeah. You just, well... Mm. I don't think you did think. Mm-hmm. I just thought you would see this. So I have to change my ways because who knows where Damien's going to leave his stupid fucking keys. <laughs> he could leave them at any place, any time. So, Kelly, you better be on the watch. Better be on the lookout because <laughs> Damien might put his keys anywhere. And then you have this frantic like, oh, fuck, my keys, my keys. Yeah, but you – and also I will say there is multiple times – Uh huh. Multiple times where you've had key freakouts because you're like, where are my keys? Yeah. Because you never leave your keys in the same spot. I always leave my keys in the same spot. I always leave my bag in the same spot because I have been prone to the key freakout before. Because And that's why my keys always end up in a different spot because 
your bag that is the size of a small family sedan takes up the whole... No, it doesn't. It absolutely Look does. Look at it right now. Look at the I table right at now. I'll get a measuring, get it's a tape measure. 12 foot long. Get a tape measure it and tape. Must how weigh much close to a metric ton. Go measure how much of the table is free right, from I'll my bag. I'll do it right now. I'll yeah. do it right now. Yeah, I'll call a plumber right now. I'll call a plumber right now. Okay, so I've got my, I got my uh, tape measure out here. No, you don't. I do. <laughs> Just hold this for me. Nah, fuck off. 14 Look. meters. Nah. 14 meters. It's longer than a great white shark. Mate. What do you keep in this you're, fucking thing? You're wrong. Just put your keys in the same spot every time. Because then there'll I be times... I actually do now. Now that yeah. I've gotten a hand-me-down, hand-me-down backpack yeah. from... You got that from Seals, right? Yeah. yeah. So I got it from you. Yeah. There is a little clip. Ah. It's changed my world. There's ah, a little clip good. for my keys and I put them in there and that's it. I never have to worry about where they are now. Yeah, because sometimes you'll like freak out because you can't find your keys and they're like in the study. But again, I Why would are say in the study? that... The, because I've walked into the study and put them down. So put them in their place, in the hallway table where there's space. There's a whole big jar there full of um, dog uh, poo bags, right? I always put my keys in there. I always know my keys are in there. Mm-hmm. Always. 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 Because otherwise I'll be like, where are my keys? Because my brain could have put them anywhere. I always know where my keys are. Don't yeah. just put them in the little bowl. <laughs> just going to take my keys out. Wouldn't be the first time you put your keys in a bowl, eh? Hey! Got him! Stooksy! Mm, she loves a party in a Don party style. How gross. Might have a go at that later. I mean, swingers parties. Could you imagine? I can't even entertain the idea of... My friends' partners, like every single friend yeah, of mine, I say this with friends respect. Thing uh, that grosses me out. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want my friends to see my cum face. Um, <laughs> but it's like I, I think about like I can't even like let this thought enter my brain because I look at like if that were a situation, like I say this with utmost respect to every one of my mates. Oh, here we go. But I hate all your husbands. Like I like you know what I mean. You're what? All your hu- like, like, not hate them. Like, I what like their husbands, bombshell. but no, no, no. But like, <laughs> just like, ugh. Like, there's something about when your mate, <coughs> yeah, has no, a, as soon a partner. As your friend gets together with someone, and the longer they're together with someone, the more for most normal human beings, I think, yeah. the more you like that person has no sexual organs. Absolutely, not, I like, can't. It's just not even a thing. Absolutely, it's like your parents. So to just flip that, like, you know, it's 1977 to just be like, hey, let's all fuck each other's... (laughs) No way. (coughs) No way. How awkward would that be? Oh, I just don't get it at all because I just, like, yeah, no one has sexual organs. None of my mates, partners, husbands, de facto's, just I can't even let the thought come into my brain because it's so disgusting. I get if you're a couple and you want to fuck... A third person, you go you out to know. a club and you meet someone, or you go on a dating website and you date them and blah 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 or whatever. But just to be sitting at a dinner table with like your four closest couple from high school, friends from <laughs> high school, <clears throat> to just turn around and be like, "Should we have a key party?" Gross! It's disgusting. You know what, guys? We don't do this enough. Yeah. Uh, me you- and Karen were thinking that maybe next month. Uh, we'll host, uh, we could have a key party. I And then everybody else at the table goes, that's a great idea, let's do that. Can't we just play Scattergrees? <laughs> I really like Scattergrees, it's pretty fun. Yeah, when it comes to like group picture type games, maybe, maybe I would prefer to have oh, a fucking 100%. Orgy. <laughs> um, do you know any couples that swing? Uh, no. I no, feel like, everyone's very white bread. Yeah, I feel like there was a guy I used to date back in New York. Ding, 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 New York reference. And uh, he got married a few years ago, I saw on Facebook. Mm-hmm. He's someone I would, I reckon they would swing. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. What I yeah. don't understand. I'm not king shaming. No, me, uh, uh, not at all. The thing I don't understand is the key, but like the friend element. Gross. Unless you all met at like a, at a swingers party, I suppose it makes sense. But to me, they're like the 
the stereotypical like seventies Australian suburban key party. Mm. That just makes me think of like a group of friends who've all grown up together and just out of the blue, like read an article in mm. New Idea. I mean, I just <laughs> and we're like, oh, key party. Like, what do we do on Saturday night? Oh, should we invite Dave and Mel over for some sex? No. Yeah. There was no streaming services in 1977. That's true. So. People were very bored. Yeah. Mm. Well. Baby, what else has been going on? You, well, you've had... Uh, it's been, it's another week and it's another ailment from Kelly Festuca. You I've had a run. And I coughed. It was a cough. A cough, sorry. And I coughed. I was there. I was there, guys, when this happened. And you did your back. I've I, never seen... I've never seen a storyline for a sitcom happen in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Where you coughed and you really, really have hurt your And back. I didn't even cough because I was sick because I coughed because... No, that I, was me. I was sick. Yeah. I've been coughing all over the place. Yeah. And then I coughed because I drank some water that went down the wrong way mm. and then just had a little coughing spit. And then I kind of felt something in my back and I was like, okay. And then I just kind of... Started like I walked it off, you know, because we were packing to go to Sydney for a wedding. Mm. And then as I like within the like, like within the minute, it kind of like it was a slow burn where I was like, hang on. Oh, and then you went to hug me and I went, no, 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 stop, stop. I'm like, this is happening. Like, so I, I so I went to physio yesterday. I have 100% pinched a nerve mm. in my, um, mm. what do you say? Call it the, like the, L, the L4 or something. I think it was the L Vajutso. Yeah, Vajutso, fucking pain in the ass. But he also said that it sounds like you've pinched a nerve, mm. but um, you've also, there was a muscle uh, sprain as well within there. So the between, it was a mixture of a muscle sprain and a pinched nerve. Ugh. So went to physio. He did a whole bunch of stuff. I'm currently like leaning on a heat pack. The super special. He got the super special. Oh, without dude, the it's so fucked. And he's like, uh, he's like, uh, so do you swim? And I'm like, no. He goes, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe you should. Maybe you should. It's gonna what be real good for your back. And I was like, what? Like freestyle? He goes, no, nah, man. Just get in the water and walk. No, nah, man. Just yeah. He was what really kind of he's a young guy. That yeah. He was really good though. Like. It was really good because as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, here comes this fucking young guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Like, and just like, and then he came in with this like machine and put like um, these electrodes on my back. And I was like, oh, really? He goes, trust me, trust me. And um, I'm a doctor. Yeah, he's of. like, trust me. And um, I was like, because I uh, worked in a medical field for a long time, I was like, so are you putting electrodes on my back too? Uh, relax my muscles because it's the tense muscles that are rubbing up against the the pinched nerve. And he went, exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. We need to make those muscles relax. And uh, so he gave me a few exercises. It's all about heat. And he's like, you should walk. And also, he's like, um, I, he's like, go to a hot sauna. Like, go sit in a sauna. You know, the really, really, yeah. um, like the I infrared like ones. Yeah. Oh, I hated them. Seals loved like she loved them like before lockdowns we she was like gonna sauna you want to come and i was like ah so i'd go and we'd just sit in there you know with a towel over our you know cells and we'd sit in and just talk Mm. shit Mm. and i'd always have to pop my head out like every six minutes because i couldn't breathe like and the sweat oh my god it was just oh and uh, yes it's like a thing where you feel great afterwards blah blah blah, but i yeah i really i hate being hot (laughs) (laughs) I love being hot. It's mate, just, yeah. You anyway, don't like being cold either. Yeah, I don't like being cold. Mate, I, don't I don't like, like hot. anything. I don't like leaving the house. I well, don't like sitting down, but I don't like standing up. I know. Up. Well, it's, my back is better um, because I went to him and I'm going to go see him again next week. But, we're, yeah, the toilet's still, it's still d- delicate going to the toilet, trying to figure out a way I can, like, twist to, like, wipe myself front or back. Which is that's the that's the most annoying thing about it is that mm. toilet time is like okay I think and because like I I normally like go to the toilet, toilet in the morning time. toilet time time to wipe the body time to wipe your butthole in the front and back toilet time put a bit of Kelly Clarkson on that one mm. anyway and then you're coughing around yeah we got coughing around. Cough, cough, coughing around. We went to Pauper Spit 
I mean, Sydney oh, for Sydney. two days. I was very happy to go to this wedding and see people. It was really lovely, but I fucking hate Sydney. And you know what? Sydney hates me. So it's equal. <laughs> it's, it's all equal. I just, every time I go to Sydney, <coughs> I, it's, it's never just, oh, I went to Sydney and it was great. Every time I go to Sydney, that it's something. Hmm. You know, like I've been to WA, lovely. Uh-huh. I've been to Adelaide, lovely. Brisbane, fine. Tassie, the best. Mm. Something about Sydney, it's we have a bad relationship. It's just one thing after another. There's something about Sydney. And it and it's that it's fucking shit house. Like, oh my god, I just can't even like ugh. I mean, do we have time for me to tell a story? Yeah. So probably my worst, one of my worst experiences of Sydney was one year I went there to do Sydney Comedy Festival mm-hmm. and I had two nights. So I was at Edmore Theatre, not the theatre, but I was at Edmore and uh, I was in one of the upstairs room, like 40 seater and I'd never done Sydney Comedy Festival before. It was the first time they took me in. Mm-hmm. So it was a big fucking deal for me to take the show I was doing to Sydney because mm-hmm. finally I was starting to like actually more curated comedy festivals where you can't just like, yeah, like getting a festival managed venue, you know, it was a big, big fucking whoop. Mm. So, uh, it was like, uh, yeah, Thursday, Friday night, 40 seater. I'm like, great. Lots of publicity. Bah, bah, bah. And, um, you know, really poor at the time. Cause I was like, you know, in between here in New York or whatever. And I put a thing out on Facebook and I said, you know, is anyone, and I was going a few days earlier because I was doing a bunch of shows beforehand. Uh, anyone in Sydney, can you uh, help me out uh, with somewhere to stay? And um, this person, such a weird story, this, this, this woman messaged me and was like, yep, I've got a massive house. My parents um, have a mansion in Kirribilli, but they've moved for the country. So it's just me and my brother there. We've got plenty of room. Mm. And I actually didn't remember this chick. We were friends on Facebook, could not remember her. Hmm. Like I've lived a life of drunkenness, but I'm pretty good at still remembering people. And I was like, and I even said to her, I was like, I'm so sorry. Where did we meet? Like there's a lot of people on my Facebook, you know, I just, whatever, you know, like fans of comedy or whatever, like Hmm. from the podcast. Hmm. And she was like, oh, and I'm pretty sure she said, remember we met that night, we're having drinks on the rooftop with Troy Kinney. So I think maybe she had a, she was with a friend who was friends with Troy Kinney and then I was with maybe Nick Cody. I don't know. I can't. I can't even remember. I do remember a rooftop somewhere, mm. like just you. Know, but like an hour. It was like, oh, let's just get a drink here, okay? And then we, you know, that was it. It was right. done. Mm-hmm. So don't even remember her. I'm looking at her photo. I don't remember her. But she's like, you know, blah blah blah. And I was like, who cares? You know what I mean? That that's my insecurity going. I don't remember. Her. I'll just stay with her. So flew into Sydney. Um, she's like, oh, I'm at a restaurant with my brother and some friends. So I went there to meet them. Was like, yep, everyone was really polite and nice, um, but they definitely like. As the listeners and you will know, I did grow up in the western suburbs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can come across a bit westy. Mm. So I was, you know, when someone says, "Oh, my flight was delayed," I'll say, "Fuck that flight," you know. And I got the impression straight away that they were a well-to-do kind of people. Mm-hmm. So I was very careful to keep my westy in check. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, we, on the flight, um, the Sydney flight couldn't land. So it's an hour flight and we circled for about 40 minutes in the air Mm. because we couldn't get a runway and that it just like killed my ears. And as soon as I landed, I was like, I feel like I'm getting sick. Next morning, woke up, flew, 100% flew. It was, it was on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I don't open for another three or four days, so hopefully I can beat it. We'll be fine. So we're staying there, did some shows, and then um, the one the so my opening day was on the Thursday, and I remember on um, so Thursday morning I woke up, I went into the shower, and when you've got the flu and you go into the shower with all the hot water, you do kind of let the coughs and the snorts happening, and I had a pretty blocked nose, and so I was in the shower really just like. <laughs> And just making sure I cleared out all my issues, mm-hmm. which I did. So I got uh, back to my the room and there was a text message from the girl. She was at work, but her brother was home. Again, mansion, 
I don't even think he was on the same floor as me. I like briefly <laughs> met him once. She sent me a message and it said, hi, so bad news. My brother's doing his dissertation. He's really stressed out and he doesn't want anyone staying in the house. So you're going to have to find somewhere else to stay. Oh, mate. <laughs> All right. So this is like 10 o'clock on the Thursday and I opened that night and I was like, oh, I'm like, I don't, like I've got to do a bunch of stuff at the venue. I don't know if I have time. Like I don't even know how to find another place to stay. And she's like, and it was very like brash, like, sorry, that's it. Like there was no, and he was home, hmm. but he didn't come and say anything to me or I don't even know where he was in this weird fucking Kirribilli mansion. It was wild. Yeah. I feel like what happened is he heard me coughing in the shower and told her to get rid of me because <laughs> he's like, I don't want this sickness in the house. I don't know. I don't know. Dissertate. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know whatever. And I was like, seriously? She goes, yeah. And I was like, so like right now? She's like, yeah. Like it was full on. Full fucking on. So I packed up my shit, had a flu, packed up my shit, Mm -hmm. took the boat because it's Kirribilli, took the boat to like the harbour part. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know where to go. So I just went to my venue and was really, really sick and then found found a doctor near the venue, booked in, waited an hour to go see him. And as that's happening, I'm on my phone just like looking at Airbnb. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Finally, found an Airbnb that was like $500 for two nights. Right. Like absolute, like I had to throw money. I didn't even like, I was like, I don't even have enough money on my credit card. I had no money to pay for it. And I said to the guys, like, literally something's fallen through. I need to be somewhere, like I need somewhere to stay. And he's like, I have the room ready in an hour. Went to the doctors, got antibiotics. Then... Checked into the room. Everything was fine. Mm. Did the first show. There was like 15 people there. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Was sick as a dog. Had like hydrolite and a Red Bull and water and had to like stop multiple times during the show to blow my nose. Oh, okay. Friday rolls along. I know this is a long story, but I'll get to it. It's, I, I promise you it's worth it. Friday gets along. So I'm like, Friday will be good because Friday... Like Jim Jeffries was playing in the massive theatre, like um, after me. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was just pumping. There was people everywhere. Mm. I was like, people are just going to – like there's a lot of sold out stuff. People are just going to come see me. Like I will make money back. This will be fine. Right. So um, go to uh, the venue about 40 minutes before start time, half an hour. And the um, general manager there saw me and I met her the night before. She was really lovely. She's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I've got my show at 7.30. And she's like, no, you don't. I was like, what? And she's like, you cancelled because you're not well. I went, no, I'm not well. I've got the flu, but I'm not. I didn't cancel. She's like, you emailed me and cancelled your show tonight. And I was like, show me the email. So she goes into her phone, looks at the email and then goes, oh, it's another female comedian with a k sounding name. So it was like a Kate someone. Uh. Right? And when she saw that, she, for whatever reason, she was like, oh, Kelly. So she had told Box Office not to sell any tickets oh. for me because I had cancelled my show. But she had gotten me confused with another comedian with a k sound. And I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, so how many people have not bought tickets? And she's like, let me talk to box office. She talked to box office, told them. They said, no one. They're like, we haven't not sold any tickets for us. She's fine. I was like, you sure? She's like, yeah, they assured me they have not turned anyone away. And they know that you're playing. So if someone does now, that's half an hour, you'll be fine. So I had 12 tickets pre-booked to my show. Uh And when I did my show that night, I had exactly 12 people in there. Uh. So afterwards, oh, and then about about 30 minutes into my show, someone came in at the back. Right. So did that. I was like, fine, whatever. I thought that maybe I would I've, – I've literally lost $1,000 doing two shows in Sydney. This has been an absolute nightmare. After the show, this guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, um, I, uh, I follow you on Twitter – and I saw, because I promoted my show on Twitter, and he goes, and I saw that you were playing, you know, tonight, and he's uh-huh. like, oh, I was a fan of the podcast you were on. Yeah. So I came down to watch you. He goes, mm. when I went to buy tickets after seven o'clock, 
So after the box office were told she's good, she's she is playing, and they said they couldn't tell me sell me a ticket because I'd cancelled. Uh. And he's like, and he had to bring out the Twitter and showed them like she is on, she is on. So finally they like sold him a ticket, and that's why he was thirty minutes late because he was having an argument with the box office about whether Fuck I was on or not. Jesus but it was after Christ. the time that the general manager there had said everything's fine to them. So I don't know what communication, anyway. So I was like, fucking hell. So I went up to the general manager and I said, hey, you remember this? I was like, they, your box office still wouldn't sell tickets for me. And she went, no, impossible. She was really like, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. And I was like, can you please tell her what you just told me? Hmm. And he's like, at 7.20, I went to buy a ticket, blah, blah, blah. That person served me, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, I don't believe it. And he's like, I'm telling you, I was 30 minutes late to her show because they wouldn't sell me a ticket because they said she'd cancelled. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you. And that was it. <laughs> and then after, so after the festival finished, I sent an email to the, the director of the festival and he was really good. He's like, I'm, uh, he took off my room rentals. So the, like, the room rental was like 150 a night or something. Right. And he took it away. Because he was like, that's a terrible experience. And he's like, and he goes, I, and I've spoken to, to the general manager about this. And she still was like staunch that she was <sighs> like, no, I told them this guy must be mistaken. Blah, blah, blah. Like just Why would a it. random fucking person exactly. lie about? Oh, I God. This is... Should we just watch it real quick? <laughs> I am Dr. Damien Dickhead Gibson. I didn't go to Dickhead School to be called Mr. Thank you very much. And this <laughs> is Kelly. Big whoop, want to fight about it. I fucking hate Sydney for Suka. I, I do hate Sydney so much. Well, we watched some shows this week. Watched some shows. Watched, watch some shows. Are we going uh, to talk about uh, AEW uh, Dynamite? Uh, no, we're not going to talk about AEW Dynamite. Are we Dynamite. ever going to talk about AEW on this show? Oh, God. <laughs> Do we want to get followings or what? No, we talk about TV shows. That's sport, kind of. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Oh. I will just say MJF Adam Cole story. Much better than most TV writing at Write the moment. Write in if you even know what he's talking about. I'm just saying, there's a story between two main wrestlers on AEW Dynamite at the moment, and it's better than most TV writing. But we did watch two shows this week. We did. And I thought both of them... Which which shows were they again, Bob? It was uh, Taskmaster <laughs> English. Come on, cold of flu tablets. Uh, yes, Taskmaster, Taskmaster UK, original. Yeah. Original sin. Season 16. Oh, uh, and season two of The Righteous Gemstones. Was it two or three? Two. Because I feel like... Season three is out. Season three is out. You promised that was season two because I feel like where season one ended and where that episode started was very different. No, no. I checked that twice. Okay. That's why we stopped it and started it again because I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Hey, baby, you're going to hate me. I need to wee. But just keep it running and we can get rid of this. One sec. I need to wait. I don't know what my fat Okay. We can talk about AEW Dynamite. Talk about Dynamite. Come on. Uh, this is like when Wayne leaves yeah. uh, and the camera goes on Garth and Garth doesn't know what to do. Uh, and he's like, Whoa, look over there. And then the camera disappears. Um, yeah. So... Uh, 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 uh. Um, no, I'm not going to talk to you guys about wrestling. <laughs> um, but what I will say is we are going to record um, some rap parties. So we need to do the bear. We'll be doing season three of Only Murders in the Building. Has picked up steam the last couple of episodes, but is it as good as the first two seasons? Mm. We'll have to talk about that. Um, we're probably going to do a bit of a juxtaposition into... Well, not juxtaposition. We're going to maybe do a few more movies, I think, over the next couple of months. Uh, just because they're easy to do. And we've watched so... We've started so many TV shows. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Like, we have to finish them. I was going to die. Oh, man, I've definitely done damage because I was holding it in. But it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway... So, Righteous uh, Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones is definitely season two. Um, let's start with that. 
Yeah. And then we can just briefly I talk just, about Taskmaster. Yeah, I just felt like because uh, where one ended, because spoilers, one ended where the son that kind of distanced himself from the family, mm-hmm. he went to a um, like a like a pilgrimage, uh, like with his dad. Yeah. yeah, but like where they were helping people, like digging trenches for. Poor and they people also kind of ostracized like the the brother-in-law from the family. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I it was interesting because we spoke about Succession last week and I, or the week before, and mm. I was pretty scathing on it, and I still mm. am. Uh, mm. I listened to an interview with the guy who wrote it, who also wrote Peep Show, which I didn't know. Mm. But I, I genuinely, even after watching it, did not know that it's flat out meant to be a comedy. What? Succession. I'm not talking about Succession. I'm talking about it in terms of this show because I think they're very similar. I think they're very similar yeah. tones. I think they're both shows that are trying to say the same thing. This show... But about different areas of American society, Righteous right? Gemstones is a comedy. I think Succession is a drama that if it's funny in bits and pieces, then it is. Because well, it's a drama. the writer of the show was on Adam Buxton's podcast and they were talking well, about it being a comedy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the reason why I bring it up is because we were watching this first episode of season two last night mm. uh, of Righteous Gemstones. I love the first season. I love mm. Danny McBride. Um, mm. I feel like he's someone who, like, from that sort of brat pack of, like, Jonah Hill and mm. Seth Rogen and stuff, feels like he's the only guy left from that group that I'm interested in what they're doing. Like, mm. as I've gotten older, McBride's the only one who's stuck around for me. He does play the same character, though. He plays the same character, but I mean in the sense of, like, he writes this show. Yeah, he creates. He writes the show, he directs the shows, like, and Eastbound and Down was the same thing and stuff. And so, yes, he plays the same character, but mm. he's writing all the other characters and stuff as well. And this is... Mm. um, the Anyway, I just want to start off by... Because mm-hmm. I kept thinking about, like... What's the diff? Why am I enjoying this so much? Mm. And I didn't enjoy Succession. Mm. Succession is the most popular TV show of the last three or four years. Everyone I know loves it. Mm-hmm. Critically acclaimed. People that I respect, both in the comedy world and just in general, love the show. Why do I not like that show? And why do I like Righteous Gemstones so much? Righteous Gemstones is funny. Yeah, that's what you said last night afterwards. And I think, yeah, that's. Most of the case, but I also think there's a couple of little like storytelling things that make a difference as well. There is a feeling. So, like last night's episode was mainly about um, John Goodman and his past, and sort of you getting an idea of like how he got his uh, kingdom, mm-hmm. and it's all through ill-gotten. Are you texting someone while no, we're I'm reading oh. the fucking Wikipedia? You <laughs> fucking. you were texting someone because I could see your little thumb uh. going. Um. So we're starting to see more of that, but there's mm-hmm. the major thing for me mm-hmm. is that the this family that we're watching are a bunch of buffoons, yes, and they're succeeding, they're failing upwards, right? Yeah, and. That's the point. And I think Succession's trying to make the same, a similar sort of point, but because everything's so sort of like devoid of humor, it, they just come across like the actual Murdochs. They just come across like a bunch of cunts. And I'm not interested in seeing that. Mm. These people are idiotic mm. and evil. And there's little bits and pieces where you're interested in... Like, they're good enough storytellers to keep you interested in what's happening with the family. Mm. But there is this overarching sense to me that at some point in this show, Mm. people are going to get their comeuppance. Mm. Yeah. Which is just a basic premise of storytelling, right? Mm. If these people are bad, for the most part, they will get some sort of uh, Uh, repercussions for that. Yeah, I hope so. Uh I hope so because, um, like the the guy, the the brother, Adam. What's his name? The short kid, Adam from Workaholics. Adam Work- from Workaholics. Yeah. Uh, Adam Devine. Adam, yeah, like that character is so good. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know necessarily if it's just he's playing it really well. I think a lot of people could play it. I just think that in terms of writing. 
that character, that younger brother character is written so fucking well because as soon as you see him, you know exactly what kind of person he is. He comes out with an old like 2002 mohawk, like Beckham mohawk. Mm -hmm. So he's still, he's like late 30s, early 40s, but he's like, he's the, the part of the family that he's like in charge of the young crew. Like yeah. he's like, he's a youth pastor. And it's he comes out in like, you know, matching ripped jeans with a matching denim jacket mm. with like a cheetah t-shirt. It's completely uncool and oblivious. <laughs> completely. Like the fact that he's like still wearing that mohawk, <laughs> which is such an old, outdated, like he's... He's the youth pastor because he's like young. He talks to the kids, mm. but he has no fucking idea what he's doing. And there's kind of like this, like um, very kind of undertone that maybe he's gay. Oh, it's pretty blatant. I yeah, would say. but like, he doesn't do anything. Well, at first it's not blatant, but over time, it yeah, becomes, like, that he's best friends so in love with. By him. season two, he literally has a crew of yeah. like muscle bound. Yeah. Guys, and he started like a gym. He's, yeah. He started like a dude. It's so god, good. A godly gym. That <laughs> division of like you know they're yeah. god incorporated. It's just like as soon as you see him, it's it's a very well written character. Like this youth pastor, like he's just too old to be a youth pastor. And then the sister, who's just a fucking idiot, mm. and her husband um, is an idiot as well. Like it's great. It's well, great. they're kind of childlike, right? Like, yeah, even just like idiots. we find out in the the uh, beginning, like we find out in this episode, like the beginning of season two, that they've gone off and got married, and they got married at Disney World. <laughs> and oh, like, so good! And like the uh, they were like married by one of the princes from the Little Mermaid, oh. or something like. So like it like they're infantiles, you know, like they're. They've been infantilized in the sense of like they just refuse to grow up. You it's know? it's great, um, but and also the fact that it's a show about this like church family that is just like so rich because of the donations coming in from the the churchgoers, mm. um, and, and it, they're I, constantly pointing that out as well, right? Mm. Like even just that panning shot of when um, Danny McBride's eldest son comes back on his dirt bike and there's literally a fucking uh, theme park <laughs> yeah. next to their, like they've got their own theme park. Like that's how fucking insanely mega rich these people yeah, are. Yeah, it's it's uh, the way that it shines a light on the Evangelist community as being a bunch of fuckheads. Yeah, and, and fraudsters. And so even like you start to like the characters, which is important. You need to like the characters a little bit to go along with the story. Mm. They're still constantly pointing out to you like through how tacky their houses are and the way that they're dressed and the fact that you'll see things in the background like a fucking theme park. Mm. They're like, hey, remember, these are bad people. Like, yes, we're yeah. having fun showing mm. you how fucking dumb these people are and mm. stuff, but ultimately... These are bad people. Yeah. Whereas, I hate to bring it back to succession again, but I think like when you put a family of people like in their own private helicopters, like mm. doing swirling like Michael Bay action shots across like the skyline of New York, mm. that makes those people look fucking cool. Mm. It yeah, paints it makes them you want to be be in that family. But yeah, it paints them as a position, like a, of being in a position of power and luxury. And I think there's a lot of people who would watch that and go, "Man, that looks great." Yeah, it's um, there are a bunch of dickheads, and it's um, it really shits on the like you know, like everyone's like, like their reasoning for loving God is ridiculous. Like you know, if I want to have a baby, I don't want to have a baby and ruin my God, my God body. My uh, yeah yeah my, like oh, sorry. No, 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 you're right. That's, um, I, I, yeah, that whole world is disgusting and they make it look really, like, more disgusting. My favourite point that and was made in the episode that we watched last night was, mm. uh, I can't remember the good, the... Judy. It's Tim Boltz is the husband, the middle daughter, I can't remember, Judy, right? Yeah. But I can't, I can't remember her name in real life, it's really bad. Um, but they're both comedy bang bang people and they're hilarious. 
But she sings a song and then like the whole family comes out and they're talking <laughs> about how it's troubled times. Mm. Did you notice the screenshots that were on the big screen up in the background? Mm. It was sort of a passing reference to COVID. Ah. And there was one photo of her with like a mask on. And then the next photo, she was like in a protest saying, no. fuck off vaccines. Oh, like, I didn't notice that. That's good. Yeah, just little bits and That's pieces good. like that in the background of like, these people don't give a shit. Like they do not, like just really reinforcing the point of like, these people will say and do anything That's good. to get you into their mega churches. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, in one instance, they'll be wearing a mask and, you know, make sure you wash your board, hands and yeah. stuff. But yeah. And then the next day they're fucking, yeah. oh, you know, so at good. a MAGA rally talking about to man, getting their civil good, liberties man. taken away. How many grumps are you giving this one? Um, oh. I think I'm going to go three and a half. I'm going to go three and a half as yeah. well. And then I might go up depending on how good the season gets. I think it's just a really good, steady show. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's something you can watch while you're having dinner. You'll get yeah. like four or five uh, laughs out of it per episode. Yeah. And I am really interested. Like, I'm really happy that it seems like the main story of this season is going to be centering around John Goodman. Yeah, yeah. He's Because when great. you've got Fuck. someone... John Goodman... Man, he's good. ...has to go yes. down as one of America's greatest fucking... Actors. Uh, I was going to say character actors, but... It, he probably isn't a character actor in the sense of like, you know. When you compare him in the show to Big Lebowski um, and then like uh, – like Because he's kind of got two gears, like gentle, funny and angry. But this one here – You know. Yeah, but this this character here playing <coughs> the head of the family, he it's everything. Like he's so good to watch because he's – everything is delivered in a very slow – way well he's the straight man of the show yeah like yeah he's commanding the screen every time he's on there yeah you're like like every pause he has is is purposeful and it's good acting he's Uh, he's amazing but he also plays like a really difficult like you say plays a really difficult role because he doesn't really get many laughs he doesn't Mm. get to be over the top or anything like that Mm. like his character in big lebowski who is like the comic relief in that show in that movie very different in this he is like the straight man he is this guy who has built this you know whatever you think about i mean it's on and we're starting to learn this that it's on the back of ill-gotten gains but in his mind he has built this amazing thing with yeah. his wife and he's now watching his fucking idiotic, mm. self-important, entitled, selfish kids yeah. tear it apart and yeah. he doesn't want to hand it over to them because he knows they'll ruin it. Yeah. But yeah. there's also a part of him that just thinks, well, yeah, I'm old. Mm. You know, I kind of want to just walk away. Like he's torn between yeah. like he doesn't want to give up his legacy and like these buffoons because they will ruin it ruin it they even though it. it's a, from the outside of it there's a te- it's bull it's awful mm. but you are yeah there is kind of this like i don't know it makes you sort of they walk a really fine line of like making you care about the character to a point and mm. then you know, uh, John Goodman's character will say or do something and then you're sort of shocked into... It's almost like what happens with the people who go to these mega churches, right? That they get lulled in mm. by these people and, like, the glitz and glamour and them being really nice and then all of a sudden you get hit, like... Yeah. Punched in the face. Terrible people. Who's the guy that plays John Goodman's little friend from uh, when Eric he was a Roberts. wrestler? That's Eric Roberts, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 right. I couldn't place it the yeah, whole time. yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah, man. It's good. Eric it's Roberts good. is great. Yeah. He's crazy enough. Anyway, so three McBride and a half. has sorry, I just want to say one more McBride has good taste. I think that's like yeah. I heard um someone say this about like directing that really at the end of the day, if everybody has all the same technical expertise, what makes a good movie is whether the director has good taste or mm. not. You know, like Quentin Tarantino has good taste in things and so mm. things look cool and they're good soundtracks and pe- like the right actors, even mm. just his choice of actors, you know, like mm. uh, Harvey Keitel early on, mm. Samuel Jackson and mm. Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt. Like, you know, he mm. has good taste in actors. Mm. I feel like McBride is similar. Mm. Like he has good taste in like the subject matters that he writes about and then like the ensemble cast that he gets in on his shows like they're always 
they're always really they're just cool it's like even the soundtrack to this show like yeah. it is great you know yeah. like these sort of weird kind of like gospel songs and uh, i don't know man I, I i love it i you know what i'm gonna give it four grumps i'm okay. i'm i just talked myself into a half a grump um yeah i just i'm doing three and a half just because i felt like the jump between the end of last season to this season is that danny mcbride's son was like was not with like he was against the family and now all of a sudden he's not he's like filming stuff for him blah 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 like yeah I, that's a massive jump that they haven't explained they might explain it eventually but they haven't explained I think that they sowed the me. seeds of like he realized that it's just easier for him to stay with the family be and be rich. a millionaire yeah. Yeah. but even just in the because there's a b plot story in this where danny mcbride has asked the eldest son to talk to the youngest son about jerking off in the house all the yeah, time because they keep finding like crusty underpants around the house mm. And then Danny McBride ends up doing it and you see the eldest son watching this interaction like, oh, mm. God. Mm. Um, so I think there's some seeds being planted there of like they will butt heads again. Mm. Okay, three and a half. Very good. Yeah. Now, I'll let you start So we talked about Taskmaster New Zealand last week, which is fine. And then this week, we're talking about the original, the best, the greatest show on television, Taskmaster, <laughs> season 16. Um, I mean, I feel like this is a difficult show to talk about because there's no real plot. Hmm. It is like kind of like a quiz show, reality TV show format. Hmm. But this was, I was um, reading about this this morning about like, um, uh, there was just a discussion on Discord of like who's gotten the biggest bump from Taskmaster and most people were talking about like Fern Brady and mm-hmm. um, uh, Ed Gamble was another one. Um, it really has become this sort of like rite of passage for mm-hmm. British comedians mm-hmm. now of like it can sort of make mm. your career. Uh, and the fact that like someone like Julian Cleary is on this season, mm, that's great. That's what the legitimizes one thing, it. You know, the lo- the one thing I do love about the British Taskmaster is they always cast it with a like, they always put someone who's been around for years. Yeah. So uh, Frankie Boyle was on last season. Frankie was great. Frankie I was actually great. thought he might be. Because there's been a couple of people who've come through British Taskmaster who don't get it and don't yeah. seem to like it, and it really does yeah. detract. And, we, and we I talked really, about that last week about how yeah. it ruins the show when you don't give a fuck. Yeah, and I really thought Frankie Boyle might be that guy, but he and there was an element of that to him. But he was uh, funny. But with he was it. so yeah. funny with it, man. Like he cared enough to. Yeah. Uh, commit and be a part of it. And they always put him with, because sometimes you have to do like a task with another person. Oh, so they always put him with Ivo Graham, who is like, Ivo, Ivo Graham is like the <laughs> so the guy, funny. like the, he's like a soft little. Um, he went to Eton College. He, yeah. And he, oh, Ivo, and he, oh, Ivo, and it was funny because there was a few times they got put together where Frankie's like, all right, so we're going to do this. And Ivo's like, because Ivo has this like magical, whimsical way of thinking. He's mm-hmm. like, actually, let's think outside the box and do this. And Frankie's like, no. And there was one time <laughs> where they said like, where Ivo's like, we should do it this way because this will be better. We'll win. Yeah. And Frankie wasn't having it. And then after everything kind of, when they were looking back at the task, uh, like Greg Davies was like, Ivo, your idea was great. Why didn't you push more? Mm. Why didn't you push more to have that? The, to, to convince Frankie because you would have won if you'd done it that way. And he goes, because I've looked up to Frankie Boyle for years and I just cannot tell, I just can't tell someone that I um, admire what to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he was such a – and I remember Dara O'Brien. Yeah, Dara he, O'Brien. Yeah. He, he, O'Brien, he was so fun. Yeah, he's great too. Um, Lee Mack. So, yeah. it's some, there's something about – and what was the older chick's name? Uh, was it Jenny Eclair? Jenny Eclair. Oh, she was great. She was an older woman, like kind of like your Denise Scott kind of woman with yeah. like big glasses. What a joy. Yeah, There's hilarious. something about- She's now hosting the Taskmaster podcast. Oh, great. Yeah. There's something about when the British version puts in the the more seasoned, 
Like they, and it's always, they always put someone who like deserves respect because they've been around Julian Cleary. Mm. Like it's, um, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm articulating that right. It's, I'm not saying they put in old people, but people who fucking but know comedy and they've been yeah. around. They're not, not going to put a comedian who's been doing it for 10 years who's 50. Someone who's been in the industry for years and we get to see them in a different light. So mm. Julian Cleary, he's not wearing drag. He just, he's like this. And there was one moment where they were like, to win the challenge, they were like, what if we cut a little bit of a hair off? Because it, I'm not going to explain the challenge. Mm. Anyway, and he's like, well, just be careful because I've got quite a good cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just tell he's like, oh, what is this? And Sam Campbell is on it, which is uh, Sam Campbell's a young Aussie guy. Gold, gold, gold for Australia. Another Karen Perkins winning gold. Because um, he won the Barry um, a few years ago at Melbourne Comedy Festival. Mm. And he's just a, a young. Um, I've never seen. This is the problem with doing comedy. I've never seen one of Sam's shows because I had always my, – my times had always clashed. Yeah. So yeah. I'd seen him do um, a show with Ann Edmonds and he was great. Like he's just a bumbling kid. Mm. But he does – he is like smart. Like when you're watching like some of the some of the stuff he come up with, like he's kind of sidelines, like little side ja- – you know, mm. in this episode, I was like, oh, Sam's – he's quick. He's quick and it, you kind of – you think that he's an idiot and then he's dumb and he's not going to be funny or whatever because of the way he, he's – it's not a character, it's just him. But he's he's quick, man. Like he's funny. And yeah, he's really yeah, funny. He's really, he was really good. But um, yeah, I think this will be a good season. Julian Clary is really good. Yeah, there's some good people in there. Yeah, the cast is good. Uh, it feels like there's – I don't know. Um, uh, look, all the seasons have been good mainly. There's uh, – it's just this one season with the blonde woman who wrote a show called like This Is Britain or something like that. And she was just, she just seemed so fucking miserable to be there. Yeah, it right. almost made me stop watching the show. Really? Yeah. Like I can't oh, remember boy. her name. If you know, you know who she is. Mm. Um, just that real sour kind of like Northern English. Like what's the fuck? I fucking... Who fucking cares? How fucking... Nah, nah, nah. Mm. You're like, dude, this is not... This is a whimsical, magical little yeah. land where people can escape for 40 minutes watching comedians doing some of the most bizarre minutiae you've ever seen the <laughs> on the face of the planet. The season that we watched with... um, And it was uh, the black chick with the big eyes. Uh, she was... Yeah, oh. Judy. Was it Judy? Which um, who? Which season was that? Uh, I can't remember. 12, was it Ferns? 13. Was it yeah, Fern it might Brady's? have been Fern Brady's. Nah, it wasn't Mayana. No. There's been, what, 16 by 5 is 80. There's been 80 contestants go through Taskmaster so far. And there's been like two that have been annoying. So for the most part, like Alex got the, the casting pretty amazingly well, you know. like I just can't remember that chick's name. And I really loved her. Like there was something about her where she's like, are you serious? Like her, I don't know where she was, East London kind of thing. People's interactions with Greg are great. really fun. And there's nothing wrong with having people on there who are big personalities and strong people. Like that's great. And like those interactions, usually the people who, there's two types of people who will stand up to Greg the ones he respects and the ones he doesn't respect at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, James Acaster, like, when he was on it, he kept trying to stand up to Greg and Greg was having fucking none of it at all, right? <laughs> but then there were, like, certain other people who will come on and they'll stand up and Greg just fucking loves it. But mm. there is still that sort of element of, like, oh, look at this guy fucking coming yeah. back at me. It's real fun. Um, yeah, there, there is obviously, like, I haven't heard one comedian say, I hated Taskmaster. Yeah, or, yeah. The closest thing I've heard to it is, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was like a little chubby sort of intellectual comedian. And he said, my crowds got bigger after mm. Taskmaster, but the laughs got uh, quieter. Mm. Maybe you need to write better jokes. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> maybe you were coasting. Like maybe people saw you being funny on Taskmaster and thought you would be, you know, good to watch, but... Um, and that's the trouble with getting a massive profile from a TV show where you do not 
get to display your stand-up is that mm. people recognise you and go, oh, let's see stand-up. And so, okay, so this show gave you the opportunity to sell those tickets. You better fucking bring the A-game then. Yeah. Because they don't know you. They're not your fans yet. They don't know you. Like, it's different when you know someone's stand-up and you're like, fuck, I think he's so funny. I've seen his stand-up. I want to buy a ticket. They're the best crowds because they're yeah. on board. But when I think – I feel like I remember Seals talking about this um, once where – um, like she would do, she would she would be doing a lot of um, like back in the day, doing a lot of specs and specs, and mm. she was doing a lot of show because there's no show in Australia that gets where people can see you do stand up. Mm. There's nothing. There's no Tonight Show. There's nothing. So she would sell sell tickets because people would see her on TV, and she'd either be acting or in specs and specs, and they wouldn't see her stand up. And Seals is an incredible stand up, and she has really really you know fun jokes. But sometimes she'll do a joke about I don't know you know something sad you know yeah and it's funny but it's and i feel like if you're an abc you know person over 60 mm. and i'm like oh, she's the nice girl from the abc they would be um oh, quite, Celia. yeah that would be i, I think like they would Celia. be very surprised because her stand-up is you know like yeah, they I might be expecting it her be dark at times and that's great should stand up yeah. should be like that and i feel like that's the danger when people when you sell tickets based on your profile rather than your stand-up, that's exactly what happens. Mm. So you just got to make sure that when the opportunity does arise that you can sell those tickets, that your stand-ups fucking match fit. Yeah, well, that's one person. I think, like, for the most part, most people do amazingly. Like, Richard Herring won season 11 or something. He was Stuart Lee's comedy partner. Like, they came right. up together. They had their own sketch show and stuff. Mm. And then Stuart, they broke up. Stuart Lee became, like, the fucking god of alternative comedy in mm. Britain. And Richard sort of just potted along, you know. Mm. And so now he's got, like, his own little podcast. And he's got a Patreon. And he does mm. very well. And, like, I think for the most part, like, it's become this, like, little engine room of the British, of mm. British comedy that's, like, pumping people out into the... But it's also into like public, you know, into public consciousness. So people, at the very least, like you might not be liking every joke, but at least people are going and watching comedy. You know, like yeah. And I also feel like depending on how you tackle yourself in the show, I feel like people like Lee Mack and Fern Brady from Taskmaster, I can tell what kind of stand up they are based because they really do. Um, show themselves uninhibited in the show. Yeah. Like for, oh, no, oh, car. And then Lee Mack is just real fun and silly. I feel like if I saw their stand-up, I would not be surprised. Mm. That's who I'm getting. But it's the quieter, like, your May Martins, you know, yeah. where she's, you know, she's great, but you don't really, I don't, like, uh, maybe she's a bad example, but there's some comedians on Taskmaster where they, you can tell they hold back a bit. Mm. And I like I, there's some there's some people on that show I have no idea what their stand up would be like if I saw them. I have no idea. And and that's I think is a uh, a danger for them if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I feel like you should really like if you want to people to buy tickets to your show based on the fame you're getting from this, you should really try and be not try hard, but you should try and be You need to be yourself. Yeah. The people who succeed the most on the show and yeah. spinning out of the show are the people who are 100% themselves. 100%. Okay. How many uh, grumpos? Five. 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 Okay. Well, I Till might... Till the end of time. Okay. I might just do three and a half until I keep watching. <sighs> yeah. Well, what do you want? Get out. Remember Mike Wozniak? He was fun. Our, I <laughs> listened to Mike's podcast, Three Bean Salad, which is the funniest podcast. <laughs> Three Bean Salad. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> he does it... Uh, with Henry and Ben, uh, Ben does like the Beef and Dairy Network podcast and stuff, and Henry's an illustrator. It, if you like British, if you like Monty Python, you will love Three Bean Salad. You yeah. should go and listen to it. Okay, right now it, it's the yeah, funniest podcast I've ever heard, including the Action Boy. Oh, um, okay, good but one. yeah, five stars. All right, let's wrap it up. We got shit to do on I this have to grand go to final the toilet leave. again. Again? <laughs> yeah, because I don't reckon I gave myself a sufficient wee last time. Okay, but I did absolutely skull a hydrolite earlier. 
Jesus Christ. All right. Well, hey, guys, if you have any suggestions of TV shows, um, the writer's strike is going to catch up with us, so we're going to have to go back and do some older stuff because... Yeah, um, I think we should do some movies as well. Yeah, let's do Wayne's World next week. people are more into the movie episodes okay. than the TV episodes. You know, I just had Wouldn't to do a- be an episode if Kelly didn't yawn into the this microphone. This is why Damien's a dickhead, right? This is why he's Dr. Dickhead. Because when I... He could see that I had to do a massive yawn, and instead of just, like, continuing talking so that there wasn't a gap in the podcast, he just, like, watched me yawn and let there be silence. Because you raised the microphone up into the air like you were the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, And I was I like, what's happening here? Just keep talking. Well, I didn't know what was going on. You, uh, you saw me yawning and I you thought didn't you were know putting what your was hand going up to on. ask a question or to fucking maybe you're having a stroke. Uh, I don't know what the fuck's together, going on. Doctor. Anyway, so have you got anything you want me to, want us to watch? <laughs> Let us know. Write us. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, share. Tell your friends. Yeah, tell your you friends. Know, give us five stars. Let give us, us five stars. There. We'd love to get a Patreon going at some point. Yeah, but, mate, mm, that would be rad. It'd be rad, but we need to like get you know forty-seven or so listeners. So. That's fine. 5,000. If we can get 5,000, we can do this full time. <sighs> okay. Done. Anyway. We uh, love you all. This is very great. Yeah, we love thanks her. for listening. We'll yeah. talk to you next week. All right. I love you. Bye.